Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles. Hello and welcome to Leader Manager Coach. Welcome along to the podcast. It is, as always, fantastic to have you with us. I would never take lightly somebody spending a portion of their time listening to the podcast. And it is a great honor and privilege to serve the listeners um, throughout the world. As we are extremely fortunate to have listeners in different uh, different continents. So welcome along. Right, on today's episode, I'm going to get straight into it. And I don't mind admitting that I'm going to wander or meander through a few learnings that I've had this week. One of the great privileges that has become apparent to me since starting the podcast is that I'm able to share with you learnings and experiences that resonate with me from the different things that I've come across during my time in my work and my downtime that I think are valuable. Now, look, I fully understand that we are all at different places. We are all on different journeys. And at times, certain things resonate with us and other times they don't. You know, it's a little bit like that beautiful piece of literature. And again, forgive me, I cannot remember who said it, but it is that we all go on a journey and we come back to a place we started at and we see it for the very first time. Are you ready for the learning? And of course, the answer to that depends on many, many things. What I hope more than anything else is that just one thing that I say may lead you to be inspired, to be a spark for you, that you can go down a rabbit hole and find out what it is that you are really looking for. One of the things that I've been blessed with this week is listening to an interview with uh, by done by Gary Neville. And I didn't interview him. I listened to an interview that he gave. And former Manchester United fullback, 600 games, I believe. Um, Manchester United through and through. England International. One of Sir Alex Ferguson's class of 92. And if anybody, anybody has ever achieved anything in the game, then he's, he's up there with, with those guys. Obviously, now a, a famous presenter uh, on Sky and, and various other channels and outspoken and dips his toe into the political arena. Fair play to him. And by all accounts, a successful businessman. Now, he was talking and I couldn't help be uh, touched by the things he said. And many of the things resonate. And I, th- there's so many things that I'll, I'll, 
I'll kind of try and walk through it as, as best I can. And one of them was very personal. And he said that he almost said, and correct me if I'm, if I'm, somebody will correct me if I'm wrong. He said that at times he didn't quite understand or he doubted or he wondered how he, and he considered himself to be a footballer in a professional club at the elite level, but surrounded by people and other players with far more talent and ability than him. And he felt this and he knew it. And as people in the game will understand, he went from being a central midfielder to a centre-half to a full-back. And look, I, I spent virtually the whole of my amateur football career as a fullback. I get it. Rob Ryle's fullback. He can run and he'll run all day. He can tackle for Britain. And I could tackle. And you were allowed to tackle when I played. Thank goodness. I could head the ball. I was gifted to be a little bit quick. So I'll thank my genes for that. And I had a work ethic. So I had a chance to play in a team because every team needs a worker. And I was a worker. It was my only opportunity, my only chance. And as soon as I got the ball, I looked for somebody to give it to on my team who could do something with it, period. That is how I played my football career. Now, I am not saying that I am as good as Gary Neville, but he said similar things at a different level. Beautifully said. And the thing that came across from him so much was the work ethic. He talked about his only chance being to work his absolute socks off all the time. Phrases he used that are common in the game. Leave nothing on the pitch. It means you go out, you sprint at full tilt, no matter how far or for how long you're running, and you just keep going. You do not leave anything in the tank. Now, I'm sure there are a few marathon runners out there and 1,500-metre runners who will argue the toss with me, but I'm sure you get the drift. He talked about the only thing in life we have to offer is hard work, and we just get up day after day after day, and we do it again and again. He talked about finding a way to win. And I don't mind saying that it pricked my conscience a little bit. Because when I look back, you know, and, I've, and, and one of the things in life is a little, just taking a little, little detour away is, you have to learn to not live with regret, to live with and not live a regretful life where you regret this, that, and the other. It's unhealthy. Doesn't mean you shouldn't analyze things and learn, but it's not healthy. But Gary Neville saying you have to find a way to win. It did prick me a little bit because it made me think of the times or consider, could I have done more? Maybe, possibly. What a great question to ask 
finding a way to win, however it is, just doing it. And he talked about, and this is where I want to go on to the other things, he talked about coming out of the United dressing room and standing in the tunnel at Old Trafford. Schmeichel, Keane, Irwin in front of him. His words were, I felt safe. I felt safe. He was part of a team. Safety is the place that we all need to be or we need to have a place of safety in order to grow and develop successfully from there. If if it's going to be, if possible, let's put it like that, if possible. It's the best place. Too soft, too kind, too nice, too comfortable. No, 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 no. A place of safety to rest and recover and to go again. So he's talking about being part of a team. Absolutely beautiful. And then he goes on to talk about how did he, as, in his words, an ordinary lad from Manchester, go on to have this stellar career in the game. And he puts it down to, yes, his hard work, beautiful, but also his support network. And he talked about his dad primarily. And I did find this amazing. I found it beautiful and amazing. And he talked about the loss of his dad. But how during his life he used to call his dad on the phone three or four times a day. Now that's phenomenal. And I know people who call people three or four times a day. And I ain't one of them people. I don't know about you, where you are. I'm very independent. I have need to conversations when I need to, but it's just the way I am. And then he talked about, and it took him a little time to get to this and a little bit of questioning to get this, and it was very, very poignant. And he talked about his mum and also his grandparents. And he said, I've underestimated the power and the support and the value of those people and those relationships and what they did for me and what they made me into and helped mold me into. And he said nothing more than they were just good people. Good people who put other people, family members first before themselves and served others. Just good people. And it, It was emotional for him when he was talking about it. But he said it was that support network along with at the club, obviously in the latter years, Sir Alex. And we've talked at length about that before. The father figure, the master psychologist, the ultimate driven winner who demanded respect, but also at United of Brian Kidd, of Nobby Styles, 
of the great youth coach, Eric Harrison, all of whom kept him on the straight and narrow with tough love. That support network. He said, I had it everywhere, at home, at the club, everywhere. He wasn't free to go out and make mistakes. And again, that kind of made me ask questions about my life. Not that I didn't have any support, but he had a very specific support structure. And it's only now in hindsight that he's come to realise how valuable it was and still is. And then he said he remembers hearing Gaza, Paul Gascoigne. Obviously, I know Gaza really well. I used to work with him. And uh, he said, uh, Gary Neville said, he remembers Gaza saying that if, if he'd have gone to United under Ferguson's tenure, instead of just Tottenham Hotspur and the bright lights of London under Terry, Terry Venable, he reckons his life would have turned out totally differently. And that's a pretty big thing to say. Now, whether it's true or not, we will never know. And I'm not here to debate that. The point is, is that the power of the support network is amply shown by Gary Neville's interview and even more poignantly by Gaza's statement that he actually believes his whole life would have turned out differently just by being in a different club, in a different culture, with a different support network. Possibly, maybe but I'm sure you get the drift. Now, he's talking about a support network and he's talking about his good people, his mum, his grandparents. Probably don't know a lot about football. Maybe they do. But he's not talking about people who have crowns on their head, live in mansions on top of a hill. He's talking about ordinary people that when you pass them in the street you probably wouldn't know them from the next person. They don't look any different. What's special about them is inside. People who are amazing on the inside. Strong, defiant, resolute, resilient, have values. And you know what? You cannot tell when you look at people automatically, long hair, short hair, brown skin, black skin, white skin, yellow skin, Oriental, Scottish, English, Irish, Bangladeshi, Indian, Pakistani, Nigerian, it matters not. Good people, you cannot tell looking at them. It's what's on the inside. And that led me to think about the reading that I'm currently doing, and I'm, I'm reading the Gulag Archipelago. And why am I reading that? Because I hear Jordan Peterson talk about Solzhenitsyn so much that I thought I've got to investigate what's going on with this guy. 
been one of the hardest things I've ever done, read this book. It's not easy. Not an easy read by any stretch of the imagination. It's taking me a long time. But it's getting there. And one of the things that, it, it, it's, it's, it's trite, and it's a little bit frivolous really just to talk about it in, in, in a passing comment because it's so, it's not even, it's a bit embarrassing to just talk about the Gulag archipelago in, in, in a passing way. But one of the things in this particular part of the book that resonated with me, with me that Phil Neville talked about, Phil, uh, Gary Neville talked about and Solzhenitsyn, Solzhenitsyn said, you look around at all these people in the camps and, you know, he's describing human tragedy and suffering that is almost beyond comprehension. Almost beyond comprehension. That still hasn't been fully exposed. It, it's, it, it's unbelievable, this book. Unbelievable. But he talks about looking into people's eyes, gaunt faces, people who are skeletal, living on a bowl of gruel a day, working for 12 hours. Maybe they'll live tomorrow, maybe they're not. They won't. And he said, well, when you get to know them, some of them are full of wisdom, poetry, literature, scientific knowledge. And his words were, look, you have no idea what's inside somebody. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls listening to this podcast, you have no idea what is inside people unless you find out. And you have no idea, more to the point, what's inside you. Gary, Gary Neville said, he, why did this ordinary young man from Manchester become this famous 600-game fullback for the, one of the greatest teams of, the, of his generation? And Strangely enough, just as I was sitting down to relax one evening, just about to go to bed, put the TV on, and for some reason there was documentaries on about one of my heroes, if not possibly my greatest hero, or certainly one of them, Muhammad Ali. And <laughs> I'm not alone in the world with that, am I? His army of followers is bigger than you can imagine. And I thought I knew a lot about Ali and I watched this documentary again and read a few more things about him. And I watched when he, the, 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 the small bit of footage of when he defeated Sonny Liston and he won his first heavyweight title. And he's this, Completely young, brash, hyper-talented, physical specimen, beautiful, that, sh that shook up the world. And that was the line that got me because he must have said it, I don't know, 10, 20 times. It's on TV. It's, it's documented. It's on video. It's there. I shook up the world. 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 And we all know with Muhammad that he was one of the icons of self-belief. If there's ever a human being who has epitomized self-belief 
more than Muhammad Ali. I would like to meet him. Yes, Shanks is up there, of course. That's why I love Shanks and many others. But Muhammad, we all know. Utter and total creation of future by self-belief. Look, unbelievable, unbelievable physical potential and ability. Married to a desire to be the greatest at what he did and beyond. And a passion for what he did. All things in the melting pot. Unbelievable potential. A passion for what he did, which made hard work, all the hard training easy, if I can use that term. And and a self-belief and a mind management program and a verbal ability that went along with that and, and was aligned with that that's almost unparalleled. But, and I'll come on to that in a minute, So I shook up the world. Is he different than you or me? Not in the fact that he's a human being, no. But he shook up the world. Why? Because he decided to shake up the world. I shook up the world. He was courageous. He was brave. He said, I am going to do this. I'm not going to do average I'm not going to be the best in this country. I'm going to be the greatest of all time. He said it first. He went after it. And the rest is history. What's the lesson? You can shake up your world. You need to have your passions and your abilities aligned You need to have your mind and words aligned and you can shake up your world. But there's more leadership stuff in Muhammad Ali. Not only did he achieve the great things he did in the ring, he stood up for what he believed in. He came home. He couldn't eat in the restaurants he wanted to eat in. He couldn't go exactly where he wanted to go. And he stood up against a whole government and a whole country and said, I will not do what you are trying to make me to do and go to another country to fight another nation when I cannot be free in my own. And you are exporting your beliefs and trying to make another people free when you haven't got freedom in your own land. What a place to stand. What a thing to say. What a mind. What a set of values. And what a beautiful person. He threw his, his gold medal in the river. This is where I stand. These are my values This is what I stand for. This is my truth. Be damned to the consequences. The consequences were he was despised by many, called a traitor, 
and all other things. And he lost his ability to work and earn money. Not only stripped of an ordinary job, but the world title. Suck that up. Would you stand there and say that quietly, calmly and confidently and be damned to the consequences? Or would you go along with it? That is why Muhammad Ali is the greatest of all time. Amazingly enough, if he'd only done that, you could say he was the greatest of all time. But obviously he didn't. He went on and in 1974 regained the heavyweight championship of the world. As a nine-year-old starry-eyed boy, I remember watching it on TV. My life was never the same after that. But what depths are in you? You may not look a million dollars. You may not look like a king or a queen. But what's inside you that can shake up your world? Get that fire burning deep inside you. Get your focus from the outside to the inside. Get it inside you and find that soul, that thing that is, would rather see you die than fail. And back to the Gulag Archipelago, I'm just reading a little bit about one of the escapees. It's hard to imagine when you read what these guys, two guys, had to do to escape from this absolutely brutal regime. They found a way to win. They found a way to win against all odds. They didn't just risk ridicule, they risked death. At any minute in time, they could have been riddled with bullets from machine guns. They got caught. The second best thing that they'd be beaten to death or put out to work in even more brutal conditions than they were already. Essentially, I suppose you could say they had nothing to lose. Hmm. Don't say that until you've been put in that position. But as it says in the Gulag, are you prepared to die? Okay, you're ready to escape. Think about that. So we've gone from, just to recap really, I suppose, and wind it all up and round it all up. Gary Neville's brilliant interview where he just absolutely nails the value of relentless hard work in order to achieve success. Linked to finding a way to win. Underlined by Solzhenitsyn and his stories of escape and being prepared to put your life on the line to achieve what it is you need to achieve from the inside out. Not money, not fame, not houses. It's something much more than that. It's a meaning that's inside your gut. And then the unbelievable, amazing values 
of our support networks and how we need, how we should value them and embrace them for, for what they are. So let's not overlook, the, overlook them now. And if there's anybody in our lives that we need to pick the phone up and make a call to and tell them what we really think and feel, maybe we should do it and do it more regularly. So there we are, folks. That's Leader Manager Coach. Thanks to Gary Neville. Thanks to Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And thanks to Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time. A little bit of a meander, a little bit of a wonder, but some beautiful things in there. I hope you find something that can take you and shake up your world. Catch you later. Bye-bye. The Leader Manager Coach podcast is available via the Leader Manager Coach app. Download it now to access the rich resource of unique, insightful, and educational material to help you on your own journey in football, sport, and life. Leader Manager Coach. For the game. For life. Available now on Google Play and Apple App Store.